0: Welcome to the Global River Church Discipleship Teaching of the Week. We hope you enjoy today's message. For more information about this podcast and other resources, visit globalriver.org. I
1: want to just take a few minutes, and, and uh, we'll turn it over to our different team members. Um, let me ask this. Did, when did you become aware that you were created to worship. Was that something that happened when you first got saved? Well, it was not my experience, right? So, you know, we, we're, we're in the world and we're doing our own thing. I won't say we're self-centered, but we are, you know. When, when it's all about you, it's all about you, right? It's all about me. No, it's all about him. But so, it's when you come to the, the revelation of the Word that we understand, wow, we really were created to worship him. Kind of get a picture of this. You got to go back to pre-garden before it got broken. In order for worship to be really genuine, it has to be from a free will heart, right? He 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 created, um, when you look at what he did with Lucifer, he created him as the perfect one for worship. He was the worship leader of heaven, right? But he was also a created being, and he had free will. And so, and so do we. So where does where worship really comes is when a free will human being, recognizing the reality of how big God is and what He did, when you step back and you just think about it for a minute, He gave you life, He created everything, put you in the midst of it, pre-garden, what did He want? He just wanted a relationship with His children. He just wanted to be a dad have out, cool the day, kind of watch them adventure, you know create all these things. Name all the animals. Let's just, it's like this big, beautiful fellowship of family. And then it got broken. And so what he's desiring, taking us back to the heart of worship, is the revelation that we as free will human beings who love him. Lord, get us to a place where we can come into understanding or the revelation, open our eyes open our hearts to see the revelation that we are created to worship Him. And so, scripturally, um, there's some things that I just want to… I printed out, if you go online and just Google created to worship and praise, you will get uh, 20-some-odd pages of Scripture that defines this. <laughs> so, I think it's real important. He's in there, right? I'll just couple it up. In Isaiah 43, 21 the people whom i formed for myself that they might declare my praise that's isaiah 43:21 our spirit of truth dancers team is this one is the hour is coming and is now here john 4:23 when the true worshipers that must mean there's not true worshipers right so that the true the hour is now here the true worshipers will worship the father in spirit and truth for the Father is seeking such people to worship him. So he's seeking the true worshipers who will seek him. Isaiah 43, 7. Everyone who's called by my name, whom I created for my glory, whom I formed and I made. Welcome, our youth group. Praise God. Good to have you all with us here tonight. Look at that. Yay, God. We're so glad you're here. This uh, other scriptures that was says, In Psalm 150, verse 1 through 6, it says, Praise the Lord. Praise God in His sanctuary. Praise Him in His mighty heavens. Praise Him in His mighty deeds. Praise Him according to His excellent greatness. Praise Him with the trumpet sound. Praise Him with the flute. Praise Him with the harp. Praise Him with the tambourine. Praise Him with the dance. Is there anything left? Praise Him with the strings. Oh, and the pipe. Praise Him with the sounding cymbals. Praise Him with a loud clashing cymbal. So you look at this um, over and over again. He's declaring I just want to be a dad, and I just want you to know I made everything for you, and I just want you to acknowledge me. Now, I want to digress for a moment. He gets really ticked off with people who won't worship him. Romans 1, God's anger, verse 18, God shows his anger from the heavens against all sinful, wicked people who suppress the truth by their wickedness. They know the truth about God because he made it obvious to them. For ever since the world was created, people have seen the earth, the sky, everything he made, all the invisible qualities, his eternal power, his divine nature. So they have no excuse for not knowing God. Verse 21, yes, they knew God, but they wouldn't worship him as God. And then he goes on, and it's a really ugly story about what happens when people refuse to worship God. There's a progression of sin, a degradation down the rabbit hole that happens that becomes really, really bad. And then at that point, he says, I'm done with you. I give him up to a reprobate heart. Their hearts get so hardened and so cold, they refuse to acknowledge him as God. He releases them and has nothing to do with them. It's a really sad story of what will happen to those who refuse to acknowledge and worship the king. Let me, let me end on a positive note, then I'll turn it over. Psalm 95.6 says, Come and let us worship and bow down and let us kneel before him, our maker. Revelation 4.11, Worthy are you, O Lord, to receive the glory and the honor and the power, for you created all things, and by your will they existed and were created. So I think part of the wisdom of the revelation of God is that we really need to position heart and mind to understand that he made everything, he created me, He's created all these opportunities. It's His air. It's His water. It's this heartbeat. It's this breath that I now take. It's my understanding. All comes from the created glory of God. And if you'll come to that revelation, it's really not so hard to want to worship Him. (laughs) Amen? And so, I want to turn it over to our guys. Let's pray. Lord, I thank You for our amazing worship teams we have really many, many gifted, talented people that all the way from the musicians, the vocalists, to the um, AV sound, the cameras, all of them create a, an environment that induces our worship. It allows us to worship. So Lord, we want to create that kind of environment where uh, it's a platform by which we can enter into that place. And I just want to thank you, Lord for what you're doing here. Just leave you with this one thought. If you turn on some terrible music, some death music, some stuff that is just filled with really garbage, the lyrics of it, it impacts your spirit. We've preached on the the impact of faith and what happens when you put yourself in that kind of environment. But I'll be in my home, and if things are kind of heavy, I'll go and I'll turn on Waymaker, Miracle Worker, or I'll turn on uh, an, another song where it's just like heaven invading earth. And all of a sudden, you can feel the whole atmosphere shift in the whole house. There's a real message to that for our young folks. You can try this. Um, I don't want you to listen to bad music, but there's there are scientific experiments that have been done that if you take a plant and you bombard it with death music, it will die. You take that same plant and you put it in an environment of praise and worship music, it'll flourish. And so there's something about the environment of praise and worship that is life-giving. And so what you put in your head and what you enter in your heart will impact your life. It'll cause you to be impacted. And so that's why worship is so critical for us as a body of believers. We want to usher in His presence, and the more we usher in His presence— The more conducive it is for the sovereign moves of God, for both healing, salvation, and deliverance. And that's really what we're after. So, Kyle?
2: That was quite the introduction there. (laughs) Praise the Lord. Amen. I mean, I'm coming to this, first of all, to learn, and I have to say, um, you know, Pastor just laid an excellent foundation, and the past few Wednesday nights, um, Mary Esther did an awesome job. That was really good, and, um, you know, I think, you know, Mary Esther and Ron, their lives are just a case in point of that alabaster heart of worship and how you know, they just—they're a reflection of what God has done in their lives, and they just love Jesus, and they don't want the accolades. But I want to say that, and I want to say, you know, it was—it was—it was a foundation because it set the bar high for uh, for these series of Wednesday nights. Because, um, and I went back and I listened to, um, her first message as I was on the road, um, for work, just to get it in my spirit again. Just, you know, what is it all about? It's all about the Lord. But, you know, walking through life. We have to be reminded again, and that's really what the Lord is teaching me again through just preparing for this word and just kind of concentrating on uh, worship again and and what it is and and how to get into that place that God wants us to be. Um, You know, it's allowing Him to show us in a fresh way who He is, who we are, and then, you know, in that place, he teaches us what the right response is. Like Mary Esther said, that right response is giving everything. It's that place at his feet. That's, you know, that place where we're just broken and we just pour everything out because he is worth everything we have to give and so much more. We can't give him enough worship. We can't give him enough praise. We can't give him enough obedience. We can't give him enough of our lives. I'm going to start with uh, Romans 12:1 and 2. as a scripture To sort of continue, this is what I felt to share. Um, It says, Romans 12, 1 I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service or reasonable act of worship. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Uh, I remember, um, and I believe just tonight I'm going to share a little bit of my personal testimony about worship, about um, just my life, how I got saved. And basically, you know, I didn't. I was raised in an awesome family. Um, If I count my blessings, I'm just amazed. And I, I sort of, you know, wonder, Lord, am I really doing something with my life? You know, you know, based on what you've given me, am I really, you know, putting that talent or that money to work? You know, we know that parable Jesus shared. Uh, for you, for everything you've given me. Do I have something to really show for all the blessings I have? You know, raised in a godly family. I was raised in church. I got basically saved when I was five um, and, and just raised in and just not only just church, but in, you know, spirit led circles where, you know, there was, you know, anointed worship. There was anointed preaching. There was, um, and it, was it was just good, um, good family atmosphere, loving family. Um, So, and I didn't, you know, I never went off and, uh, you know, sowed my wild oats or whatever. Um, But I had to learn as a young adult, as, you know, growing up, um, you know, what it meant for me to live that life of worship, to be that living sacrifice. And, you know, it it was a long time coming for me. Um, you know, the Lord really had to work on me to bring me to that place. And, you know, uh, Mary Esther had shared the scripture about the sinful woman and the Pharisee and how Jesus basically addresses the Pharisee after he is, you know, critical of, you know, what the, what the woman was doing to Jesus. She, she understood who Jesus was. The Pharisee did not And he was really in the wrong place. She was in the right place in her worship to God and her, uh, you know, just pouring out her heart um, before the Lord, knowing who he was, knowing that her sins were forgiven. And the Pharisee was in that place of self-righteousness, and he was in that place where he was not worshiping as he should have. And Jesus told him, basically, um, that, you know, Whoever loves much or whoever has been forgiven much or is loved much, loves much in return. And whoever has been forgiven little, loves little in return. And so, you know, sort of in my life growing up, I had to understand really what I had to understand was that I was forgiven much too. And the Lord had to cultivate, He had to draw me out of a place of kind of being almost lukewarm because I, I was there. Kind of like, you know, in a sense, like where the Pharisee was into a place where I was really willing more to, you know, seek the Lord, to be hungry for the Lord, not just, you know, go through the motions or whatever and go to church and sort of, you know, I, I read the word here and there, but I had to make a decision at some point in my youth. I had to make a decision that I was going to, you know, because I had the choice what my friends were doing um, You know that was not necessarily bad but it wasn't it wasn't going that next step in God that I knew the Lord had for me it wasn't you know it wasn't reading my word it wasn't hungering after God it wasn't seeking the the better things of God and so the Lord had you know he's working on my heart um, a lot and um, throughout my adolescence and then as I got into high school um, we had started to go to this little church and um, the spirit was really moving, and um, uh, the Lord had radically saved and brought in some, some guys who were a few years older than I was. And they had they were kind of like my example of what, what, what it really was to be kind of radical and on fire for the Lord. And, um, you know, they were delivered from, from, from drugs and alcohol and things like that and cleaned up and saved and just... You know, I could see their hunger for God. I could see their passion for God. And I remember thinking about that contrast between, you know, what my life was. And, you know, I was I was living a good life. I was, you know, involved in church. I was doing sound and playing the drums and doing these different things. But, you know, that, that contrast of I could see what they had, and I could see that they were in love with Jesus. And I was, I loved Jesus. I was saved, but I was lacking. Yes, I was I wasn't on fire for him. I was, in a sense, in, in some ways lukewarm, which really is worse than being cold, Jesus said in Revelation. So um, so he, you know, he pointed that out to me and he led me into a place of encounter with him. And it basically required of me to lay some things down. You know, I had to I had to choose to sacrifice for Jesus based on on who i knew he really was and separate my myself from the things of the world from the things that were lesser weren't necessarily bad but just you know whatever just you know not spending time with god you know video games you know whatever it was um and really just sort of separate myself out to posturing myself before the lord every day as a living sacrifice and saying god whatever the cost is I knew he was bringing me that point. Whatever the cost is, I'm willing to go there. And even, you know, it was hard for me to kind of, like, get that going. But as I began to, to to say, yes, Lord, you can have this area of my life. Yes, Lord, you can have this area of my life. I'm going to give you this. I'm going to give you that. The Lord began to reveal to me a deeper revelation of himself and show me, you know, just how great he was, just how much he did love me. And um, and that, that place of... Um, of intimacy with God, that place in my relationship with Him—that was just uh, where He was encouraging me, and I was hearing His voice and um, being shown things by the Lord, and having you know those cool spirit things happen when when God just you know touches you and blesses you, and like you know the times when He wakes you up and it's three 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 on the clock and all that kind of stuff. That's the kind of stuff that you know <laughs> He uses to draw us to Himself, um, and you know it's kind of in a way it's kind of shameful because it's like Lord, you know this is so like lame. You know, why have I been so, you know, so lukewarm, so cold for so long? You know, seeing the things I have seen, seeing it in others, seeing people just get lost in worship, seeing people, you know, get knocked out in the Holy Spirit and just have, you know, have dreams, have visions. And I'm like, well, I don't have those things. You know, I'm not a bad person. You know, I pray in this, in this and that. But, you know, seeking for the baptism of the Holy Spirit, all those things. Um, but, yeah, he drew me into that place where, yeah, I was willing to to make that exchange for more of God. And when I did, it just, you know, it begins to increase, begins to snowball. And um, so I was not that, you know, head over heels, all in for the Lord after he radically saved me. It was a progression. Um, And he always, in our lives, no matter, you know, how we got saved and how we, you know, follow him, he always leads us back um, to that place where we come to, uh, a fresh encounter, a fresh revelation, and so that's my prayer for us tonight, um, and for the days that for the days ahead, and for myself, is just that my hunger would grow, that uh, a fresh love, a first love would be reignited and, and renewed for him himself, the person of Jesus, our relationship with him, because that's what's going to f- fuel the whole thing that, you know, there's that expression, the main thing is to keep the main thing the main thing. But what's hard about that is it's not easy. It's, a, it's simple in premise, but it is in that the devil, of course, is always after to distract. He's after to tempt us away and draw us away uh, into the things of the world and everything else that could fill our souls but God. And, you know, he desires our worship as a created being, to, originally created to worship God. And in his fallen state, he wants to pull us away from that. Um, so there, there's these obstacles So and these hindrances. So it's always, um, uh, you know, our responsibility to come back to that place where we say, Lord, open our eyes to see you for who you really are again. Um, you know, show me who I am. Show me my sin in view of your holiness show me the reality of who you are show me that i am not created to do anything else but to know you and worship you and that all these other things are going to fade away show me just you know give me my 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 spirit a glimpse of you know even just a, a taste of your glory and your greatness and your goodness and just melt my heart for you let me burn with fire for you and let that fire on the altar of my life never go out so i'm going to share a few more scriptures here 1 john 4:19 and what's good about the lord is no matter what our sin is if you know if we've gone off the deep end or if we've you know sort of Cooled off, been lukewarm, or whatever. He's there to love us back into a place where we should be. Into a place of being cleansed, into a place of right standing with him. So 1 John 4:19, he initiates this. And it basically says, We love him because he first loved us. I can have no love for God ultimately without Him reaching for forward toward me first. And so, you know, my prayer again for us all for this, this series of meetings, is: Lord, take us back to that place of the revelation of the depth of your love for us and help us to love you back. And then Matthew 13, 22. It talks about, it's the parable of the sower. It's a very familiar parable about the Lord comparing the sowing of seed to the sowing of the gospel and the word of God. But in verse 22, it talks about how the cares of this world, when Jesus is explaining the parable and the meaning of it, um, that the weeds and the thorns that grow up alongside this, the good seed of the Word of God that is sown in our hearts are the cares of the world, the deceitfulness of riches, and the desire for other things entering in. Those things choke the Word. Um, those desires for other things. Um, you know, there's things that we need to sacrifice. There's, need, there's things that we need to, to set aside in order to uh, in order to gaze on the Lord and His beauty, in order to... Uh, have more of him, but when we do <laughs> the exchange is always so awesome it's always so worth it and then another one just from first John a few verses up four sixteen it just says and we know and we know and have believed the love that God has toward us it's sort of a statement of our faith as believers John was sort of and the inspiration of the Holy Spirit sort of summarizing the faith and saying, you know, and we know this is who we are. We know and have believed the love that God has toward us. It's real. God is real. He really loves us. And it's it's that revelation that defines us as believers. We know the love that God has for us. And we've responded to it. We love him back. So, Lord, let us know that love in a deeper way, even more. And of course, Ephesians 1:17 about the spirit of wisdom and revelation it was uh what that song was based on that we sang spirit of wisdom open my eyes spirit of re- revelation um so you know that spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of him was something that paul prayed for for the ephesian church and it's interesting that the ephesian church was the same church later in the book of revelation that got the warning about um about being uh, or leaving their first love and so, um, but he, you know, he exhorts them in Ephesians 1. Uh, that the, or he, He's praying that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to them the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. Verse 18, the eyes of their understanding being enlightened, they that we may know what is the hope of his calling, what are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints, and what is the exceeding greatness of his power toward us who believe according to the working of his mighty power, which he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead. Um, I remember in a a time of my life, basically when the Lord was putting that fire in, I did pretty much nothing, but every morning meditate on Ephesians 1 and 2 and maybe 3, like every day. And the Lord had me just there. And it was just like he was just filling me with himself and God growing that hunger I remember just you know sometimes you know when you're reading the word and when you're in the prayer closet or whatever it can seem a little dry but you know the Lord teaches us in that place to keep seeking and and it's such an awesome thing when we receive the fruit of that um, that desire for God that seeking of God that perseverance he you know fills us with that spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of him and it's such a sweet place Thank you, Lord. And um, so my prayer is basically just, Lord, help us. Give us that spirit of wisdom and revelation. Um, help us overcome those things we know we need to exchange for more of you. So, yes, let's pray together before Jim takes it from here. Father, we do thank you, Lord, for who you are, Lord God, and it, we thank you that it all comes down to each of our lives individually. and but between us and you God and it's not something that we're doing outwardly but it's something inward that you look at Lord you're looking at our hearts and we want to bring you more than a song we want to bring you more than going through the motions we want to bring you more than whatever our peers are doing we want to bring you our hearts for us, our own choice. We want to make it personal more than ever before, Lord. Take us to a, a greater depth in you, Lord, that place that you have for us where we follow you, Lord, where we don't, you know, say like Peter, well, what about John? But we, we choose ourselves to follow you no matter what's going to happen. And, Lord, we thank you for drawing us to that place. Lord, we thank you that your love is never failing, Lord, that you've come and you've loved us Lord, even in our sin, you died for us to purchase us salvation and to bring us into a place of right standing with you where we love you more perfectly, where we love you like you love us and we love others like you love them. So, Lord, we ask, Lord, just continue that work. Continue that work in us, Lord. In Jesus' name, we praise you, amen.
3: Give me a minute to adjust here, give me a little uh, mic on this mic. My background is military and my family, and uh, so if I use a few more military terms than most, just forgive me, I see we have some youth out here tonight, beautiful thing, wow. Ephesians 5.19 says, Addressing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody to the Lord in your heart. Here I am, down on my knees again, surrendering all, surrendering all. Find me here. Lord, as you draw me near, desperate for you, desperate for you, I surrender. Drench my soul as mercy and grace unfolds, I hunger and thirst, I hunger and thirst. With arms stretched wide, I know you hear my cry. Speak to me now, speak to me now. I surrender, and I want to know you more. Like a rushing wind, Jesus breathed within. Lord, have your way, have your way in me. Like a mighty storm, stern within my soul. Lord, have your way, have your way in me. For me, the heart of worship, I wrote down a lot of words tonight, really don't add up to much. So I think I need to get into the core of what we're uh, here for tonight. I love the fact that we've talked about the uh, the heart of worship getting into it. But um, I tend to be a little more participation, drag the people out of the chairs, you know? You want bad circulation, to sit in your chair forever, okay? So we don't want bad circulation. So I am looking for three volunteers somebody raised their hands you're there you're caught I need a youth I need a youth you're caught you're caught in the back you're there and I need a youth I need a youth to raise a hand come on man you all can't volunteer at once you you three come on up come on up three volunteers come on up come up front up front volunteered you first brute no you first with the microphone grab that sheet of paper pull it over and worship say what's on there worship it's good it's that
1: um, James
3: 5:30. come on if is any among you suffering let him pray is anyone cheerful let him sing praise oh Bruce, hold on hold on hold on I've seen Brooke I've seen that man Come on now son We're going to give you One more shot I'm going to encourage Is anyone among you Suffering Let him pray Is
4: anyone cheerful Let him sing praise Good
3: word Good word Worship Okay
4: now bring me
3: a musician, and when the musician played, the hand of the Lord came
4: upon him.
3: Amen.
2: Amen. 2 Corinthians nine twelve. For the ministry of this service is not only supplying the needs of the saints, but is also overflowing in many thanksgivings to God. Second Chronicles 5, 12 through 14, and all of the biblical singers, Asaph, Heman, and Judith, and their sons, and kinsmen, arrayed in fine linen, with cymbals, harps, and lyres, stood east of the altar with hundred and twenty priests who were trumpeters. And it was the duty of the trumpeters and singers to make themselves heard in unison in praise and thanksgiving to the Lord. And when the song was raised with the trumpets and cymbals and other musical instruments in praise to the Lord, for he is good, for his steadfast love endures forever. The house, the house of the Lord was filled with the cloud so that the priests could not stand to minister because of the cloud, for the glory of the Lord filled the house of God.
3: And that was the one I feared the most.
2: <laughs> oh, Lord,
3: I love you so much. Um, that last one talked about the fact that the, the temple of the Lord got filled with a bunch of people. And the Spirit of God came down so much. So much. Hold up. Stand up there. Stay stay there. Stay there. Stay, stay so much that literally nobody could do anything. Isn't that wonderful? No, 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 I want you to pick up uh, No, no, it's all good, it's all good Thank you, thank you But tonight you all have all worshiped All of you who got up there and and said those things You've all worshiped before God Sometimes we don't understand what worship is You know, we let the person next to us stop our worship Y'all are among youth, aren't you? Any youth out there? Man, when you hear a really good song, what do you do? You let the guy next to you stop you? No, you don't. You're like, oh, you got to hear this, you know. Uh, You guys over here, some of you have been to a football game, haven't you? (laughs) Maybe, maybe in your lifetime, you've been to a a good football game, you know. (laughs) And the touchdown is made. Do you think the people next to you are all worried about, well, you're a little too loud? (laughs) God loves you so much. He loves to hear your voice. I'm not going to tell you all my story because, well, we haven't got enough time. I can tell you I've been a worshiper since I've been a little child. I have been writing lyrics to songs. One of the diseases I have, it's a beautiful disease, don't get me wrong. I hope the Lord never cures me of it. It's that I see words where there ain't words. <laughs> I think, man, there's a person singing, you know, oh, hallelujah. It'd be great if you just snuck in an amen now and then, brother. So the Lord would have me sneak in an amen to the hallelujah, you know. And that's what God gave me in my life. I had um, terrible damage in my life. I got to tell you the sad part of the story before I tell you the rest of it. The sad part of my story is is that I was told once that I couldn't sing. I mean, I wasn't told just once, okay, mind you. Told multiple times. Um, but the one that hurt me was when someone who loved I loved very much, told me that my voice was the worst thing they had ever heard and they not only took the time to tell me that there was a long 20-minute ride from the church i'd gone to back to the house and in that 20 minutes i had two friends in the back who finally said to that person you can stop now i think he got the idea i think he understands that you know the voice is not for him we'll spring forward in time and I, i i i didn't sing in church I didn't sing, I didn't play, I didn't pursue God. My heart was crushed. And again, I'm talking to the youth, okay? Your heart ever been crushed? Sometimes you didn't even know it, man. And so I went to this church that didn't they didn't care. Like, come join us come be part of worship. And I went out and I was in the choir. (laughs) The Lord has such humor. I thought at one point I could sing, you know, because I started sounding really good, man. I was like, Lord, you must love me to make my voice sound this good and I'm this bad. How can it be? And what I didn't know was behind me at six foot six was the future worship leader, (laughs) And every time I sung, all I heard was his voice. <laughs> and I thought, Lord, you are so humorous. It wasn't for like six months that I knew that. And then I realized, oh, it's him singing, not me. I don't have the world's best ear sometimes. But God still loved me. He loved me enough to where he just said, I, I still want to hear you. And I want to hear you in the congregation. So one crazy time comes along, and I mean crazy. God flat out gives me a song. And I'm talking to you people. Where's your song? Where are your lyrics? Where are your words? God ain't done with you yet. Sit down, write it, use the Bible. To you or among the youth, you can even add to this. You can even write lyrics and you can set them to music. And you might be able to sometime come up here and do that if you work hard at it. But God was unusual. He did something we don't ordinarily do. One day he just said, Jim, I want you to go up there in my church and I want you to just acapello. I want you to sing this song I gave you. And I didn't want to do it. Oh, embarrassing. Oh, bad. Oh, horrible. Bad idea, God. But he made me do it anyway because he wanted not the words that I sang, but he wanted his church to know that He loved them. God loves every one of you and your worshipers. I want to see you worshiping. I want to see you standing. I want to see you rising. I want to see the youth of this church start saying, hey, man, get off the microphone. Jesus has a word. I want to see the people who ain't the youth. I want you rising up. And there's a method and there's a process we use to do this. We all just don't rush the mic at once. Did you notice when you read the Word of God, I asked for volunteers, and then you came up and you read? We have a process, too, here. If you're interested in worship and being a worshiper, and you have the passion for it, and God has released you, contact Pastor Tom. Contact Pastor William. Tell him what's on your heart. Contact Daniel Christian. And last thing, be well approved. Y'all know what well-approved was? You know what it means, well-approved? It means do the work. Do y'all know Pastor Terry over there? You know what he does? He's well-approved. Man, man's well-approved. <laughs> He'll occasionally keep his heart going. You know how he does it? He walks. He'll walk at a golf course. He doesn't so much golf it, he just walks it. But he keeps his heart going. And there are a thousand other things, by the way, that Pastor Terry does you all have no idea about the homeless the shelter the people that he takes care of and the people that he's loved so I ask you guys to think about your position in worship your heart in worship and last thing we have the test because I can't leave you all without a test Here's the test. I hope you all have been listening. Okay. Got to raise the hand if you want to be heard. Okay. Name for me a musical instrument in the Old Testament. You start. Go. The harp. All right. The lady says the harp. No one else can say the harp. All right. Go, Ron. What do we got? The flute. All right. It's barely in there, but we'll take it. Yes. Yes. Very good. What, was that? what do you got over there? the trumpet who has not oh look at this oh we got Brooke. come on what do you got the liar which liar are you talking about the person who didn't tell the truth or the one next to the harp the liar by the way was the assistant to the harp like the bass is to the guitar it was just a lighter version of it what else we got out there come on i know you all thinking come on what else we got uh, all right you're right the harpsichord's not in there go ahead The tambourine, the tambourine is in there. By the way, the tambourine was also known as the frame drum. Okay, what else we got? Come on, come on. What other musical instruments do we have? The what? The who, what? The drums, very good, the drums were there. How about it was a horn and they blew it? The shofar, 20 points to you. How about this one? How about the tiny little things? You know, ching, 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 ching. The symbols. All right. All right. You know, it's, it's like, you know, symbols. All right. Now, what about this one? It goes like this. The bell. The bell, the bell was part of the Old Testament and New Testament uh, thing there. All right. The trumpets we know about. How about this one? Anybody can guess this? All right. This is a tough one. What am I doing? I'm No. Tr- well, I would be trying. I'm shaking. So they had shakers and rattlers. The original shakers and rattlers, they, they weren't that good. Um, and uh, you guys got about all of them, but there's one that you missed. I can't believe that you all missed this one. What? The zither? The xylophone. Was that the xylophone? The zither. No, that wasn't it, though. There's a major instrument. In order to find out this instrument, you all must stand. Everybody stand up. Stand up. We're about to find out what this instrument is. It's an amazing instrument. You all all missed it. What did you say, Pastor Tom? Voice. The voice. All right. You ready? On a shout of uh, on the count of three, let's all say hallelujah. And you could even sing it. You ready? One, two, three. Hallelujah. Nico's next.
4: Hello, everybody. <laughs> Sarah's here. Hallelujah! Yay! Let's give her a hand. Sarah's amazing. <laughs> Thank you, Pastor Tom, for because that's your making. Um, I'm gonna stand here because I'm gonna use my Bible today, but I'll be moving all around. So, um. I have two things to say today. Um, Well, I had one thing to say. Then God said, "Let's sit down and let's hear what you have to say, and let's talk about it." You want to make some notes? Like, sure. Do you mind if we change some things? Yeah, sure. So here I am. There are two things that I want to share that I've um, that I've munching with God, and that. are meant for two kinds of people we are all designed to worship all of us that's a fact we are all that's in our dna and if you are not worshiping you have a problem And it's probably you have the wrong music i can tell you from experience because i grew up listening heavy heavy metal the most wonderful, powerful heavy metal and it was 100% scripture. So imagine the Nico going through puberty, all those hormones growing up and all that I'm singing is a Sire 4031 and a double bass. That was great. My parents were a little bit uh, preoccupied at first, but then I showed them the lips and they were fine. So if you're having trouble with what you're singing, try change music. So the first thing that I'm gonna do is this and this is going to go to the Levites there are two kinds of people there are many kinds of people that are described in the Bible but I'm going to focus on two us as the people and us as the Levites you may have a call to be a Levite you are designed to worship but you not you might not be a Levite you might not exercise that role at certain times Let me say that again, you are 100% called to worship, you don't need a title, that is part of who you are, however, God didn't give us a bunch of hints, he gave us a beautiful body with different things that do different things. So for the Levites, and I want to talk about a wonderful story that I learned through a great metal song from an Australian band. The first time that I was introduced to one of the names of God, Jehovah Nisi, which is my flag. And I'm going to talk about God as not God as a banner in war, but about the battle of Amalek, with Amalek. And this is going to go, if you're a Levite, if you're called for worship, if you play an instrument, if you sing, if you lead, if you lead at home, if you lead worship in front of your cat and nobody else if you lead in front of a congregation on a group this is this part is for you and it's about this the kids know these this one as the string, the the stick supreme we use it with the kids uh when we're doing something called bang bang bible verse but for today's um for today's respect this is the rod of God, as we saw it in the Bible, when Moses, before he got that encounter with God, he had a stick. But then he came, comes out of that with the rod of God. The same stick, but it was called two things. And in the battle, I'm, if, you, if you don't know where it was, because I actually forgot where it was, so I have to do some research. And I realized that, oh yeah, it's in Exodus chapter 18, starting at verse 8. While the people of Israel were still in uh, Rephidim, hope I'm saying that right, the warriors of Amalek attacked them. Moses commanded Joshua, Go and choose some men. Go out and fight. Tomorrow I will stand on the top of the hill. And with the rod of God in my hand, you'll see me up there. I'm paraphrasing, by the way. And as you see me with the rod of God in my hand, we will be victorious. So a battle takes a long time. And uh, Aaron and Ur were with him. Who were Aaron and Ur? They were leaders. They were leaders. And at that time, God had Moses raise the staff. Not Aaron. Not Ur. Moses became tired so because he had two leaders all right you're a leader you're here to support me go ahead and take the staff we're all together in unity no and this talks about us as levites because as as levites worship cannot work if we don't understand who has it and that's a huge problem that we may encounter if we as leaders as worship leaders as Levites don't recognize that someone else has it we're gonna cause the battle to be lost unfortunately and I don't want to sound too ominous but this is serious because there's something that is going to tie the two groups that I'm talking about together in this honor why I was so happy and I'm going to throw you guys under the bus today I was so happy when I saw this lineup because in my heart, oh, by the way, hi, wife. I was requested to say hi. Hi, wife. And we were talking about this with Diana. And, and I've said this to, to Sarah in front of many people. But all, of, especially Jim, all of us, but especially those who are here tonight, have a unique talent to identify who has it. Because through a worship set, you might not have it that doesn't speak anything about your character God said you're not gonna have it tonight but it's your job to recognize who has it because when you know who has it you're not gonna there it be gonna be there to support them you know what I got it don't worry you're the leader but we're gonna show here that we I got you oh, I got it musically that sounds let's do that awesome this is going to sound awful. I'm going to die out of purpose. Can you keep playing? Oh, Sarah has it. But I had it before. But Sarah just ha- has it. Now the Holy Spirit has fallen Sarah, but I had it before. So you know what? Drum solo. No, it sounds awful. Because I failed to recognize that I did not have it. The difference between an instrumental part when you are leading through the guitar, when you have it, is that you allow people to connect with God. So it's very important for us, and we see it in the story of the Israelites against Amalek, that we have to honor those who have it. As team members, this is a practicality if you are in a band or you're leading, because you might not have it or you have it. And then you have it, that's awesome. Through the set, Sarah will have it. Jim will have it. It can go around. Being a worshiper is in our DNA, but being a Levite requires a little extra because it's not for our own good. It's for the army who's battling down there, it's for the congregation. If you don't get alone, if you have a problem, if I have a problem or if I speak against somebody here and I, oh, Sarah. Oh, sure. That is not honor. God is so good that he doesn't fall with fire and kill us. But the fire might not fall down on the congregation because we're not honoring whoever has it. So it's our responsibility as leaders, if you're, again, if you're a leader, if you play an instrument, if you're in a team, if you're considering, know this. If you're a Levite, you had the Levite calling, you need to be sensitive more than the key you're playing on, who has it? And how do you know who has it? When your eyes are placed on Jesus and you'll have it and it's fine and you're not going to be all prideful you're going to be empowered and that empowerment helps others you will do and I love this Michael Thornton my pastor Michael Thorne said this once I will never forget and is you end up doing more stuff without you knowing than when you're actually trying to do something <laughs> so be careful with your words Remember that I told you that I sat down with God and he says, so you have something to say, Ryan Nico Yeah. All right. Do you want to sit down? One of those things that he told me was, yes, you got it. That's the story that I wanted you to share. But do you remember when you treated this particular person with not a lot of honor? I am sorry. You were not patient because that person was learning. And you did not understand, understood at that moment that he had it. You want the, wanted the battle to be to be won, and you saw his hands going down, and you said, give me that stick, because we have a battle to win, and the stick has to go up. And that's not the stick only. It's whoever is carrying the stick. It's just not the stick, just so it's not about the person. It's the stick and the person. And I was like, God, I am so sorry, because I haven't showed honor I did not show honor to this particular person. And I'm very sorry because I'm going to stand here on a platform and tell this to everybody. And you had to bring this up because I made a mistake and I'm very sorry. Be careful. Be careful what you speak about. Be careful on how you refer to people. You might not say it, but it might be in here. But in, when it's here, you'll show it. I'll try to fake it so many times. It doesn't work. If you're not married, fix that, because your wife will know. (laughs) If you're married, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Second part, and it's to us as people. We have a DNA, and it's to worship. But the Bible, in many parts, describes the Levites, those who were carrying the presence of God. One of those difficult passages is when, when the ark was falling, and someone just grabbed it and the anger uh, God was so angry about it that killed the person that's a difficult path to read and God in his wisdom will explain more about it when we get to heaven or when everyone has it and beautifully explains it on a sermon but I still having some trouble getting it the second part is about us as congregation if you know me you know I love my wife and you know I love coffee of course I love God first that's that's already been said I'm so sorry my mouth is super dry I cannot speak so if you know me you know I love coffee I really enjoy coffee you probably heard this that God is in the midst if there's one two or more gathering his name there he is I was brought up with that verse describing two churches there are churches when God cannot wait. He's looking at the clock. Oh gosh, oh gosh, it's 8, eight 59, 9, well, we're starting at 10. It's 9, 59, 10. Oh gosh, yes, it's going to start. And there's some other churches when the angel is like, so, and God is like, I know. I actually wrote down that I have to be there because, I mean, it's my word. I, of course, I'm going to be there because I said it, so, it's true to my word. That's how I grew up hearing that. Until one day it clicked. And I was reminded about my time dating Diana. We had a long-term relationship. She was in Colombia. I was here. And um, I was looking forward to those many dates. Or when she was here visiting, oh gosh. I was so looking forward to to get the candy. So hold her hand like, yeah. Oh. And then it clicked. And God was like, Nico, do you remember that verse? Like, yeah, let me show you something. It's more than that. I wrote that in the Bible, and I actually allowed that to be in the Bible that you're reading today, that closed canon, because I want to illustrate that I'm looking forward to every single second. I did not write down for that to speak back to me and say, you have to be there. No, I long for that moment. I have it there because I long for every single moment. So imagine yourself here in a beautiful coffee shop. Let's go to Paris. Let's go to Italy. Let's go to Italy by the Adriatic Sea. Adriatic Sea. Let's go to the Santorini Island. If you don't know where it is, Google it. You're gonna go. You would really want to go. Santor- Santorini. Imagine you're there beautiful, watching a beautiful blue ocean. On a cafe with the most amazing, beautiful pastries and the most amazing uh, coffee, fragrant. And there is God. But you're late. I say this with love, but there is a protocol. If you're there with a date, if you wanna go on a date with someone, you get there on time if you're if you really like the person. Oh, you're on your car, all doled up. Oh man, I cannot wait to see her. Like 15 minutes later, you're in like an hour early. See if she comes. She comes in. Oh, there she goes. I mean, you're there. It's the same thing. Yeah. Write down, down, guys. It's the same thing with God. And I say with this with love, because I long for our culture as a global church, not global river, but as a global church, to see worship as that. I get it. I have a kit now, and my schedule does not work anymore. <laughs> Everything is great, and then I hear, ah! <laughs> and we're late <laughs> Everywhere. <laughs> that's not that's not an excuse but that's all I got right now (laughs) why is worship why are you late why are we late imagine you're there in time beautiful sea in front of you you have the yachts the birds the wind the salt the pastries the coffee our beautiful God and God is gonna tell you how much he loves you. It's like He's gonna ask the question. He's gonna go and ask the question. Oh gosh, I remember when I proposed to my wife. He's gonna go there, and he's about to tell you how much he loves you Is gonna change your life forever. And you were there? Uh-huh. Whoa! Hey, how long? So I'm sorry if I'm being loud, but I'm trying to make a point. <laughs> oh yes, and guys like, so are you busy? No, 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 nah. You're fine. How are you? How was your week? Oh, I don't know. You. Oh, you don't know me? Oh, I'm here. Vi-. There are moments when you're on a date with God, guys. If you're not writing this down, if you're not writing the verses, you better bring up your cell phone because this is gonna, this is gonna help you. Because I want you to be holy men. Oh, guys, that right there is a great example. They're going to be watching. I'm talking about Richard Talker. So write this down, guys. When you're honoring the presence of God, you're there to pay attention. I say this with love, but you can say how good your week was after the service. I say this with love and, and, and I look, I said because I love you, and God gave me another revelation. Say, remember how wh- wh- why we talk about all this? Yes, yeah, so you're gonna be up there. Yes, and I have all this to say. He said, no. Nope. Preaching. Re- do, you, do you know Pastor Willie? Nico? Yeah. Do you remember his food? Oh yeah. Preaching is like Pastor Willie with his when he's cooking. You might not see him. Actually, you will not see him, but he is there sweating it, chopping everything to serve you a meal. He's not there showing everything or telling you how it's cooked. When you're preaching, God told me, you're preparing the most amazing meal to your guests. And it is a success when they say oh, the meal was amazing they don't think even they don't think about the chef they think about the meal so I say this with love it's not easy to say it but when you're on a date with God as us the people and that's all of us you're in a date with God so it's that resp- not a responsibility it's this is when it gets technical but I don't want it to get technical it's in the Bible if you want to get technical but there is a protocol. Worship cannot be the time for us to socialize. I am so sorry. I love you, church. I love you. Worship, we have, and it's difficult for me because I'm, I have a bodyguard mentality. I see danger everywhere. I don't carry a, a weapon, but I see, I'm like, so if you see me with the kids, I with my walkie-talkie here, I feel awesome. Ten four times, I feel awesome. So I'm like that in worship sometimes. So I see a kid moving around, I'm kind of like, oh, like, what happened? That's hard for me. And I'm more concerned about on my date with God. Oh, that guy, he's gonna he's gonna steal from us. The guy like, no. Like, look at my face. Look at my face. Look, look at my face, Nico. Look at my face. Nothing's going to happen. Look at my face. Worship is a time for us to connect with God. You can greet your friends afterwards. Guys, youth, you can talk to them afterwards. Or you can come early and have some amazing coffee at the, at the, at the cafe that was just, is now, looks amazing. We have a great church that took the time to remodel that cafe over there. So if you want to sit down and talk, come early. Youth, come early. You'll get to talk later, but when you're here, God, I love you so much. I don't want, when my my wife, before she was my wife, was here, oh man, there was absolutely nothing in the world because she lived in Colombia and out of the two years of relationship, I only got to see her three months and I had no candy, no kisses, no nothing so when that moment came that i get to see my wife and i get to tell her how much i love her and how much i want her to be restored and loved says god it was only the two of us and this is when it tides for those who are called to be levites and those who are called all of us who are people who worship god and His honor jesus and if we go this is the second verse that I had for you tonight and it's in Matthew and his chapter 13 verse 55 then they scoffed he is just a carpenter's son and he know uh, when we know Mary his mother and his brothers James Joseph Simon and Judas and all his sisters live right here among us where did he learn all these things and they were deeply offended and refused to believe in him. If someone who's up here, and I am not perfect. I'm telling you, remember? I'm not I'm not only not perfect. I'm Colombian. So this is my second language. So thank you for bearing with me. But if someone is here and you have a problem with that person, well, I'm not saying anything. There's no subtext. I'm just playing the keys. If you have a problem with the person that is up here, Oh, she's, or he or she yells too much. Oh, it's not a time to speak in tongues. Let's call this honor. We, a lot of the messages that we hear, you need to get your faith up for miracles to happen. Yes, but you have to honor for miracles to happen. And then this verse ends like this. So he did only a few, speaking about Jesus. So he did only a few miracles. And it doesn't say because they were rude. It says because of their unbelief. So a lack of honor is tied to a lack of faith. So if you have a problem with the key, well, keys are never out of tune, with a guitar that is out of tune, which is not by the way, or with a drummer that was too loud, or with a bass that might be doing something else, slapping some funky music, or, with a, or whoever is singing, they just got touched by the Spirit. They're just speaking in tongues and go all over out of your comfort zone. That's me, by the way. Not the one singing, but the one who gets ticked off sometimes like, whoa. Your responsibility is to pray and intercede. If you don't get it, don't get offended. Intercede. Because when you're there, when I am here and there's something going on or you see or you have the discernment that something's going on, you're up to intercede to honor. And I want to challenge you this Sunday to sit down. If you don't like coffee, that's fine. You can drink tea. If you don't like tea, that's okay. You can drink fruit juice. If you don't like that either, whatever you want to have. But have that appointment with God. And let nothing, and that will change you. And then you will follow the protocol without knowing you're following the protocol. And then we'll see a culture in our house, Global River Church, that is going to transform people as soon as they walk in in the middle of worship. We love you so much. I think we're good.
0: Amen. Give him a hand. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> Hallelujah. So if you guys could sing with me, what have I done to deserve you? Because Jesus said we don't have to do anything at all. Right? <laughs> His love is free. So I know all of you are called to worship in one form or another. And God will show you what that is. As you press into him, as Kyle's journey was not right away, right? It was gradual. Mine was as well. So... Even though the foundation is laid, we have to experience it for ourselves and those who input around us. It's layer by layer until it connects the mind, heart, will and emotions. So this is just a little song as I was on another layer of the journey to, to stepping into worship and leading in worship. I didn't know how to play keys at all. But I said, Lord, if you want another instrument for me to bring, then I'll sit at this piano. Maybe that's what it is. And maybe for some of you, it's just asking the Lord, just sit at an instrument or try something. It could be as simple as chopsticks or you know, just sitting and hearing one note as Kyle plays a D or an A or a G and you hear that one. And you'll start to go to the rhythm of the king, but he'll speak to you in those little moments at home when you're reading your scripture and you're just trying to sing or find a word from him, how he wants to speak to you. And when I was asking the Lord, what day do you want me there? (laughs) 7, 14, or 21. And I heard 7 or or 14, 7 or 14. And today, as I'm journeying here and I'm running behind, and I almost canceled last week, and he kept saying, no, 7, for whatever reason, 7 is the day that you're supposed to be there. So I came. Apologies for coming late. The team just kept it together as we were discussing what should we do? Should we do something different? Should I still come? Over the last couple of days. And they said, "No, just come when you come because we're going to do this thing. We want to do this musical behind everyone speaking and add a layer instrumentally or vocally to what they're bringing." So, I just thank you, Lord, for the honor to be here because we don't take it lightly at all. But Lord, we just thank you and we honor you because we get to worship you on this side of heaven. On this earth, we get to express and bring your revelation. God, your anointing breaks through from the heart, the mind, the will and the emotions in a different way. And so when I sat at that piano and I asked the Lord, what would you have me bring, God? Years ago, (laughs) he also said, bring it today. These three simple, simple little chords, D, A, G. And he said to me to just start singing to me. Just sing to me, child. Just sing to me, child. So I said, what have I done? Out with me. presence because it comes no matter what we do when we call on him he's chasing after us amen he's chasing us saying come my child sit at my feet after this busy day or as Nico said taking care of the baby no matter what there's moments in our day where we can just say everything else has to stop everything else has to stop so we can just sit at your feet God And if there's one thing as a worship leader, as dad introed and said, you know, turn on that worship music, turn on that, that station, even if it doesn't have words and it's just music, Christian music, (laughs) and let the atmosphere change and the posture of your heart will change. And he said, nothing. of this world, the things of this world will grow strangely dim as I worship you. things that he thinks about you even though you might not think them about yourself. And as you lay at his feet and you tell him how good he is because he will wash over you. Wave after wave he will wash over you. And he will release all those things as anyone who's, I know Mary Esther knows from dance. As she steps into dancing around the room or where she waves her flag and releases through that. It's so beautiful to have watched over. I stepped in in 2007 as far as worship, leading worship. I was here in um, 2004 helping in the children's ministry and um, watching and asking, Lord, is I know I'm called to worship. As some of you may feel, you're called to worship. I know I see some faces that I'm getting ready to reach out to this next couple weeks. Um, But he'll tell you. For me, you guys can keep playing or not. I'll just um, talk while you guys are playing. Um, For me, it it was a moment where I was a young child and I was healed and as you read in my dad's book I was healed of a an illness and I didn't know then that there was a call on my life right but um, after after I ended gr- you know growing in adolescence um, they and going through teenage years and there's this foundation that's laid and there's a growth and then a maybe a fall and then a growth and a fall and it's like sometimes we take one step forward and two steps back or ten steps forward and ten steps back or you know and it's as long as you continue to get back up and truly ask for forgiveness it's it's a word of encouragement for for me even going through it and humbling yourself to come back and say, God, how did that happen? How do these things happen, right? But as he brings you through adolescence, and my grandmother teaching me on the auto harp to strum, <laughs> and, and my mother teaching me how to sing and little things, and no pressure, God is dropping seeds through many people's lives, through sisters in the spirit or grandparents in the, sp- in the spirit or natural grandparents. It doesn't have to be someone who is biologically your parent or your sister or brother, or, you know. Um, but even as a worship team, as we say here, so much comes from the growth of coming together. It brings me to tears because I've watched from stepping in at 2007, where someone actually gave me a word. I was oppressed by a past, not my father's doing, my own choices and things, people in my life, oppressing and and trying to quench. And I think there's some of you in here who there might be something going on or someone in your life who might be pushing these things down that you're actually called to, you're called to. (laughs) And so the enemy will try to get in there and take them away, snatch them out but but God, right? So as we go through this, and, and without getting long-winded on every detail, for me, the, the gist of it is there were these moments where you could hear it in your spirit. I'm called to worship. I'm called to sing this. The secular world would love to grab you and get you singing in that direction. It's just this tiny little veer in that direction, right? And you're way over here. Um, so my point in saying that is, as I came, I knew that Wilmington was a place for me. So sometimes it's a place you need to be in an atmosphere to grow. And so I grew coming here. I walk into the sanctuary, and I'd be hit with worship, and I'd just cry. <laughs> I know Erica said that when she first came. I would just cry, and it was this release of the junk you know this presence of the spirit brings that and he really he helps you to release that and so as that happened and then and then I sat in here and I said Lord am I supposed to do worship like I don't know I feel like I'm supposed to sing there was a woman that came and she actually came over to me and confirmed it I actually said the Lord if there are three things, and this will help you to confirmation. You don't have to wait forever. Step in, right? Do something. As they were in, Brian Starley was saying, put legs on that. Put legs on things. If you feel something, try something and see what what the Lord shows you in that. So I said, Lord, I need a big sign. (laughs) Because as a worshiper, a lot of times as a worship leader, let's say in voice or when you're on a platform in any way. It doesn't have to be that. It can be anything. Um, there will be this place of, um, oh, people are going to think it's about me. I'm just going to, and the enemy will use that too. Now, yeah, there's places where you might need to get a little more humble or get a, <laughs> got to get perspective. And that's something that some people deal with and some people don't. But the enemy will try to use that to hold you back too. And so there's enough seasoned worship leaders here that can really encourage you, and that's something that I love about our team right now is everybody is an encourager. There's not there's not this jealousy. It's we we champion, as Nico says, we champion each other's part. You know, strengths, and we're okay with talking to the people about things that we need to work on. Um, and so. Anyway, when I stepped in, I said, Lord, I need a big sign. I need a sign that says, you know, I'm supposed to, and I didn't, I was, you know, learning uh, a lot of different ways of how God speaks to me at that point. And we're all learning as we go that he speaks louder and louder or sometimes quieter, but you hear him louder. (laughs) Um, So he had a woman come over and say, I believe you have a song. Now at that point, in 2006 or 7, I believe it was 2007, there wasn't prophetic worship in this, we weren't really doing that. So it was this really scary place for me because I felt like I was called to do that but I didn't know what it was. And she handed me the mic and she's and there was a bunch of girls and, and it was a Wednesday night and I knew I was supposed to sing Beauty for Ashes, something about Beauty for Ashes. I didn't know the song, I only knew parts of it. Anyway, needless to say, it impacted I saw the move of God in that moment as I released it. That was the first step. Then it was, Lord, okay, I don't want to leave the children's ministry to step into worship. And Kenny and Heather at the time were leading the kids, and they said they didn't know that that was my heart to the Lord. And that weekend, they called for people to step into the children's ministry. And then people stepped up. And I went, okay, well, that takes care of that, Lord. And then the next thing was I went away for a weekend with a friend of mine to go into this um, weekend meeting, and we got closed out because it was over full, even though we registered. And I'm like, Lord, this was supposed to be an adventure. What's going on? So we said, okay, Lord, where do you want us? Well, 10 minutes from where we were was a Morning Morningstar uh, church, and I had never been, and I said, you know what? Let's go ask the hotel girl, even if we're just here to let her know where that morning star is. Let's go visit one of our brothers or sisters in Christ. Let's go check out that church. Let's go do that today. We go into the hotel and we ask them to please pull up because we didn't at that time I didn't have. GPS on my phone. I mean, we used maps at that point. So so I went in and I said, can you pull up on your computer where, (laughs) she's laughing, where uh, this Morningstar Church is? And they said, oh yeah, sure. And then we said, you know, God loves you. So in the journey, we get there 10 minutes away from where we are, just so happened. and And those are the moments of God, right? We walk into the church and as we sit down, there's a word of knowledge given or words given to my friend and I, and we journal for each other as we were sitting there after the service. And she said, I believe you're supposed to um, deliver beauty for ashes, for you know, young teens or youth or whom, you know. And I broke because it was all a succession from that Wednesday through that Saturday. I was like, whoa, okay. <laughs> Only God knows these things. So that was the first step in this house, stepping into worship. And and there's so much more that came from that. But I say these things to put a fleece out there. Ask God what it is. And he'll he'll be faithful to to show you. He will always um, bring you through no matter what. Um, And then really there were some things that as I was asking the Lord what he would have me share, that was the main point. But I opened my Bible and he reminded me to remind all of you to strengthen yourself in the Lord, to um, journal and revisit your journal. I know in many times when we listen, I listen to my dad, he journals a lot. My grandmother journals a lot. Uh, Bill Johnson, he has the book Strengthen Yourself in the Lord, and um, and he, I, I think he was having a moment where he really needed some strength, and he was reading on a plane some of his uh, old journals of what the Lord said, and so in my journal, in my Bible, I write in the margins, and it says little things that I, I know are for some other time. They're not necessarily for right now. So as I opened my Bible, the Bible said, um, it was, hang on, um, but remember to ask God. And so I took a picture of it because, um, let me grab it right here. Before I, um, it was almost, it was a warning. The scripture that I had turned to as I was meditating last week on what, again to bring. Um there was a margin in a note in my margin that said, remember to ask God for help. Um and wisdom. Obviously we always always uh but it said God rises and then in the bottom there was it wasn't in my journal this obviously was in the book, but it talked about um that there would be a season where me, but the church brings um, the revelation of the end in Revelation 3, and I'm just going to read Revelation 3. If you guys want to turn there, too, really quick. It's like the fruition of Ephesians. As well. Um. Mm-hmm. It says, Write this letter to the angel of the Church of Philadelphia. This is the message from the one who is holy and true. He is the one who has the key of David. He opens doors and no one can shut them. He shuts doors and no one can open them. I know all the things you do, and I have opened a door for you that no one can shut. You have little strength, yet you obeyed my word and did not deny me. And it goes on, look, you who belong to Satan, those liars who they say they are Jews, but they are not, to come and bow down at your feet, they will acknowledge that you are the ones I love. Because you have obeyed my command to preserve, (laughs) I will protect you from the great time of testing that will come upon the whole world. Test those who belong, to test those who belong to this world. Look, I am coming quickly. Hold on to what you have so that no one can take it away. Take your crown. All you... All who are victorious will become pillars in the temple of my God and they will never have to leave it. I will write my God's name on them and they will be citizens in the city of my God, the new Jerusalem that comes down from the heaven from my God and they will have my new name inscribed on them. Anyone who is willing to hear should listen to the Spirit and understand what the Spirit is saying to the churches. I, there's so much in that to unpack, but I wanted to read it, to release it to you. It was a, it was a word that was given when I went to one and only VA that I had went to, but I felt like it wasn't just for me, it was for this church and this body as we contend, and there are the enemies prowling around, and we don't want to give him any glory or, you know, but it's reality, and there are things where we just, as my father says, keep short accounts, hold tight to the word, hold tight to the Lord, um, ask him, don't forget to ask him. The warning that was in that scripture was, was a warning because someone had failed, you know, to, to ask the Lord. It was, I believe, um, um, I'm... I, have to go back to see, but it was a warning because there was a a, a fall from someone. Um, the Lord Almighty called you, and basically that was it. He didn't ask, and that he was there was mourning and weeping from that point. Um, it's in Isaiah 22. You can read that You're on your own, but um, it's dark. But yet God brings greater and greater light so I just want to encourage you and there's so much more and I love seeing what he's doing and everybody here and I love you all and I can't wait to see what he does with the rest of the team and those stepping in so I just pray over you Lord I thank you Father for what you're doing I thank you for healing hearts, God. I thank you for the ministry that's coming forth, and I thank you for the freedom. We have been all around this thing, and all of us have not done things the way that we should, but we humble ourselves, and we are free, and God loves you because he loves you because he loves you. Thank you.
1: Well, I want to say thank you to the team tonight, right? With great perspective on, I'll just close with two verses. It says, in Psalm 99.9, 9, exalt the Lord our God and worship at his holy mountain, for the Lord our God is holy. Psalm 9.2 says, I will be glad and exalt in you, and I will sing praises to your name, O Most High. Let's stand. So, Lord, we thank you, those that have joined us with live stream. Well, we thank you that, Lord, we're asking you to bring us into that spirit of wisdom and revelation as we meditate on why we were created. Would you create in us a hunger to be able to exalt you and to lift your name high, that you'll inhabit the praises of your people? And we thank you that it says the gates. The doorways will be opened as we exalt and praise and honor His name. And that's what we want for this, this house. That's what we want for our families. We want to experience this love is so deep and so real that it is unfathomable in its riches. The depths of it are beyond knowing. How high and how deep and how wide is this love? And so, Lord, we know that the access way, the the throne room experience is through worship. So, Lord, we're asking you to create in something that we've tried to put language around it. We've tried to, but it's going to be by the move of your spirit with people's hearts who are hungry for you. So, would you do it? Show us, Lord. Open the doors for us in Jesus' name. Good night, all. Thank you so much. Thank you, team. We'll be here next week, and we're going to hear from four additional team members.